A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, he's found him by the deflection, it's Aaron Davis, he could win it, he probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh and it's an opening goal, what a start, Madden after just six minutes gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Hello and welcome to a Christmas Eve special of the Glovers cast. The only special thing about it is it's on Christmas Eve, really. It's just going to be the usual. <laughs> uh, but here to chew the cud over Yeovil Town is Mr. Ben Barrett. Oh, hello. That's me. How you doing? <laughs> and Mr. David Coates. Howdy. Which are we? The ghost of Christmas past, present or yet to come? <laughs> <laughs> or, or actually, we should have introduced Ben as the best back to goal podcaster in the United <laughs> Kingdom. Yeah. Yes, and he's back. Well, it's great to have you back, Ben. I know you, you always think that I, I, I'm, I'm saying nasty things about you, but it, it, it's not nice to see your smiling face. Thank you. I, that's the first thing I want to say is thank you for sort of tweaking your Christmas Eve Eve around me. Yeah. You're the ones being uh, very helpful. That's all right, mate. That's all right. Well, we thought you know after the the credit Sheridan got from a couple of listeners on Monday. We couldn't leave you out uh, of yeah, another episode. Plus it's Christmas as well, isn't it? We've got it to, is Christmas, we've got to right. send the listeners uh, home happy or <laughs> keep them at home happy with a, <laughs> a cheerful <laughs> Christmas message from us all, I suppose. Can I just also say for those of you uh, who obviously can't see us, then Ian is pretending to be the Archangel Gabriel with a, <laughs> with a blinding halo-esque light above his head. So um, yeah, I'll take a screenshot of it and then you can all see uh, just how angelic he looks. The problem with having everyone at home is that I have to find different rooms to be able to work in, podcast in and, you know, this is the last room that's the, probably the least set up mm. for anything, really. 
close air are on in behind so it's pretty hot in here as well <laughs> <laughs> but yeah all good uh dave uh firstly before we get into whatever we're going to talk about today um you received a nice message from uh don yesterday uh, yeah. uh, a picture I... of someone who'd heard your introduction to monday's episode it was, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, Don told me that he had a Swahili, so Don Gibson, for those of you who don't know, is the, uh, is a dentist in Yeovil, and uh, uh, the dentist to the stars, the Yeovil Town stars, <laughs> that is, uh, and he, he posted that uh, uh, he had a Swahili speaker in his surgery, surgery, did dentists have surgeries? Yeah, I guess it did, yeah, don't they? Um, and, uh, and that he gave me a 7 out of 10, which I thought was generous for anyone uh to, to give me for my uh, swahili introduction and then he posted a picture of one Adi yusuf who uh i'm assuming don had played um <laughs> my my intro to and he'd given me a seven out of ten but don then did follow up that some of it was too formal some of it wasn't formal enough and there was a <laughs> phrase in there that i didn't understand at all so um I'm, I'm gonna guess that the words i got right were ian ben sheridan robbins bbc somerset and glover's cast and my own name of course so yeah, but thank you, Addy. I appreciate the, uh, the kind words. I think it's funny that we've had feedback from uh, three people, two of which are native Swahili speakers. Yeah. And another is a friend of mine who moved to Tanzania. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably uh, the most yeah. feedback we've ever had ever about something. Obviously, we did have to get them to rate it out of seven because nothing can be out of ten. And I think um, your friend, it was your friend's wife who was the native yeah. Swahili speaker, wasn't it? And uh, I think she gave me a, a two out of seven, which I thought was probably closer to the mark. But I think Addy was probably just being uh, polite and uh, very, very generous. You're the, you're the Matt Warburton of Swahili. But I'm a two out of seven. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we should probably repay the compliment as well and say that Addy Yusuf's teeth look wonderful. So, they do, yeah, yeah. There absolutely. you go. Works both ways. And he looked well. He looked well rested as well. He did, yeah. After his uh, double against Woking, awoken from his slumber to be tortured Awoking. by Lecter. Awoking from his slumber. <laughs> so what's oh. happened this week? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Um, nothing. Nothing. Nothing really. But I suppose nope. the bigger the bigger picture in the world, uh, particularly the UK, is the threat of omicron and the whole behind closed doors stuff we've had a few thoughts about that haven't we but uh it doesn't look like at the moment our games against torquay weymouth torquay and potentially bournemouth are uh, at risk right now but um you know our friends over our hollywood friends in north wales they're behind closed doors on boxing day um coach are you penned a, a blog this week um yeah. it'd be worrying if our those those particular fixtures for us went behind closed doors wouldn't it yeah yeah i mean like you say you look at those they they, they you'd expect them all to have big crowds wouldn't you and probably the one that we can almost be certain of because i can't see anybody being able to bring in restrictions on boxing day that is well, let's say as certain as anything is we'll go ahead will be the boxing day game that's obviously not our place so we don't uh we don't particularly benefit from that but yeah you think weymouth would bring what did they they brought 
few hundred didn't make it the cup game and you think Torquay would have a have a good following as well and um and Bournemouth yeah you'd have thought that one would be uh that one would be a good crowd as well so yeah it would be a shame um and it would be a bit of a blow if we uh if we lost those it was uh, it was interesting to see the uh the tweet from from Ben Tozer in the football throwing throwing champion of North Wales <laughs> now playing for Wrexham um uh, saying, uh, am I right in saying I could go from our game outside with no fans allowed in on Boxing Day straight to an indoor nightclub full of people? And I mean, yeah, you pick your rights and wrongs over this whole thing. There is um, quite a bit of inconsistency about uh, some some of these things. But yeah, that it is what it is at the moment, isn't it? We we at the moment we're we're the same as everybody else. Yeah, I think I guess one of the things you know. Uh, with Wrexham, you know they get big crowds, don't they? They're they're uh, you guys yeah. were at, at the game. They're probably all quite packed in in their seats. Whereas I would say the the thing with Yeovil Town and Hewish Park is, you know, we're at a third of capacity, less than a third of capacity, most games, and yeah. it's uh, plenty easy enough to keep your distance and um, yeah, stay apart. I, th- I don't know. It feels like. It feels like we're at a stage where we, you know, I'd love us to be in a position where we can, you know, they can let supporters show a bit of common sense and um, particularly at our level, you know, I understand it at the top because you've got 60,000 people packed in stadiums sat right next to each other. But, you know, and with all due respect to those clubs, they're not going to feel as much of an impact. Um for, with a couple of games without supporters in, whereas, you know, particularly us in our financial situation and our position off the pitch, we need those ticket sales because there's not a lot else coming in anywhere else, is there? Yeah. I noticed the Kings Lynn uh, chairman as well saying the same thing. They were supposed to play uh, Notts County, I think it was, on Boxing Day, and they were you know, expecting a lot of people to travel to that one. And, you know, I know that guy charges 20 quid to get in doesn't he the king's lynn chairman but um but yeah you're gonna there's gonna be a few that will uh will feel it if uh well if and when things do come in we don't know what's gonna happen i think there's a, there's probably a case for at our level having a pause and still playing the matches with fans even if it is on a tuesday night later on we're not quite subject to the same constraints as other divisions we haven't got many players at our level going off to the african cup of nations we haven't got many players thinking about the world cup at the end of the 2022 whatever it may be next winter so we're not under the same quite the same calendar restraint so we might have a bit more flexibility to push our playoffs a little bit later things like that so i think a common sense would say if it came to it we'd have a pause i mean as we've spoken now, I've just got a notification. Leeds versus Liverpool has gone on Boxing Day. Watford versus Wolves has gone on Boxing Day. We already know that there's three or four off in the Football League as well on Boxing Day. Um, and the lower down you go, I mean, League Two is already pretty much decimated, including Exeter versus Swindon at our sort of part of the world. Um, at our level, Halifax, Grimsby, Barnet, Boreham, Wood are postponing already. And I think, I think arguably the better way to deal with it, if it was going to be short-term firebreak stuff, postpone for a couple of weeks and then just try and get them in later on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that that's a fair point. It's just going to be weird for without football at Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. Very <laughs> weird. 
Interesting point about African Cup of Nations. I did just check Tanzania aren't in it. So, uh, well, they didn't qualify, did they? They didn't no. qualify, did they? <laughs> there you go. Otherwise, he would have been there, wouldn't he? He would have. Oh, he would have. Um, I guess the other news as well this week is the FA Trophy draw. Mm-hmm. And we think it's, well, we're pretty sure it's a first uh, historic event at yeah, the, Park. His, the historic Oracle, the historical Nigel Dyson <laughs> has, uh, checked his bible of a spreadsheet and can't see any uh history of us playing against needham market so uh, a first ever which it's weird that you can still get first evers in football isn't it when you're a club that's 126 years old they're still uh finding these little um moments of of interest yeah and 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 you know what good good on them i was looking at when i wrote a little bit for the, the little daily blog thing and they really don't have a lot need and market in terms of massive historical significance they don't have many trophies a couple of um county cup finals and a couple of county cup moments they have one fa vars semi-final to their name and reading a few bits that that wilson game in the last round was pretty much it as in terms of the most iconic historic figure that they've had certainly of a recent generation and so to come off the back of that into a game against a former championship club huge huge credit to them for getting this far and you know what as much as we talk about the fa cup being magic for the non-league clubs who end up going and get big away ties at premier league clubs scale it down this is need a market's big moment as well so fair play to them and um yeah they're going to be turning up aren't they they are going to turn up and give it everything so we have to be uh, on our guard you did tell uh, our readers of our website that uh, the most famous thing Needham Market is famous for is uh, being the birthplace of Dot Cotton off East Enders, which I was, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming at 94 years old that she will be with us uh, on the away terrace in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's a, yeah, I think she's a supporter. I imagine so. Yeah. yeah. She's probably bankrolled them. I'd have thought. But... Mm, indeed. Um, FA Cup as well. The uh, lack of replay, the change, changing it up no fa cup replays in the third and fourth round so uh we won't be taking bournemouth or bournemouth won't be taking us to a replay should we say quite we'll have to beat them on penalties instead yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not I'm, i don't know what I, what, what, what I think about that i can see some kind of logic behind it but it does seem to be another decision that's being made for the bigger boys rather than uh the, yeah. the, the lower downs doesn't it yeah i think so Imagine you drawn United and you take United to a replay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that's dream scenario, isn't it? Yeah. Um, for a lot of people. And to lose that, you know, lose the opportunity of being able to do that is frustrating. I wonder if the TV cameras will maybe change their mind about some of the fixtures, whether they'll uh, think about giving some of the little guys. I don't know if it's all set in stone now. It probably is, but would be nice if some of the smaller fixtures got some attention. I think I think if it ends up going behind closed doors, they'll almost have to, because the, the FA Cup really isn't is probably the only one that isn't particularly movable, because it has implications for the teams at the top. So actually, if the FA Cup goes behind closed doors, availability of streams and things I think will have to come in. And um, yeah, I imagine BBC, ITV, and whoever else wants to try and get involved will will have a look at the at the games that are a little bit of outliers from the Saturday three o'clocks and. 
and pick a couple extra up. But if there's no replays, there's normally at least one replay, isn't there, on, on a couple of channels. Yeah. Is that schedule, is that, you know, is there a contract at BBC that says we also get a replay? Well, actually, the FA might have said, well, there's no replays anymore. Do you want to pick an extra game to put on BBC Four or put on the red button or something? So there may be a bit of that, especially if it does go behind closed doors. Yeah. And I thought the uh, the Spalding's interview with Rob Kuhig on the Price of Football podcast was interesting. A couple of little uh, Yeovil Town nuggets of information, um, which we posted on the website. Have you got the quotes there, Dave? Or uh, I haven't got them in front of me, but he did, he did one thing that I don't think I did put in the article, or maybe I did in, the, in, in his quote. He said about lending us some money, which I think we knew, didn't we? Didn't he say that at the time? Because I'd forgotten quite how almost done and dusted this deal was, because it was like, it was almost like it was just, you know, a few more things needed sorting out. Like I said, he was making statements. He, um, uh, endorsed the sacking of Darren Way, didn't he, that season? Um and yeah, it, it, but 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 he said We all did <laughs> we all did that. Well yeah yeah that's true. Yeah yeah uh, I guess he had a a, a a meaning behind his endorsement. But yeah certainly we were all in favor of it weren't we? But no it was interesting that he was talked about Mark Palmer who was as people will remember the guy that Norman Haywood and John Fry brought in to uh to to well, as a consultant, I think they referred to him as, but uh, Rob Kuhig called him a, a fixer. Um, and he said that he'd met with Mark um, Mark Palmer with a friend of his called, uh, called Dick, who he said had been investing together in things for 40 years. And he said when they walked out of that meeting, his friend said to him, under no circumstances am I investing in that. Do not use my name. Do not act like I'm involved in this. <laughs> and, then he, uh, and then he said uh, to him, but Dick, we've been investing, we're doing everything together for 40 years. He said, you're not hearing me. I'm out. So... Uh, <laughs> That was uh, obviously a good meeting, and uh, yeah, Mark Palmer must have really sold us. But yeah, please, then, please note the lack of American accent there, listener. Yeah, from, there was no American uh, accent there. No, no, but I did pronounce everything correctly, so I think I get <laughs> I get a good score out of that one. But um, but yeah, and still they've been rubbish for Wickham, haven't they? They've only managed to get them promoted, keep them soundly financially stable in the league above during a crazy pandemic. So it's been rubbish for Wickham. Rubbish. <laughs> Made a profit as well, didn't they? I think. Yeah. You know, who saying. who wants to who wants to do that? Yeah. Ugh. That's not rubbish. what football's about, is it? No, profit? rubbish. <laughs> no. And he did talk about in this podcast about making Wickham's Ground one of the most technologically advanced stadiums um, in the in the world. Which rubbish. Not, yeah, going to say <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> and, and and the fact that they they've got a big uh, fan base in um, in Spain apparently because they but they've they pushed the Wickham brand. The Ad Adi Fenwa brand presumably has been uh, has been pushed in Spain. Well, obviously we're you know big in Tanzania and uh, in the East Africa region, but apart from that, mm. the, I mean the story is I, it did get far along. The story is that um, Kuhig found out the deal was off when the statement was put on the website. Yeah, um, was... I don't know. Obviously Norman didn't like the shape of the deal. No. And found some other mug to come in. Yeah, and said it not been possible to agree mutually acceptable terms and conditions, um, which I think everybody thought 
then meant that because we've been relegated, he was um, Kuig was out. But he then released a statement, I think, through the Glover's Trust, didn't he, saying that that wasn't the reason. But <clears throat> Worcester's all very well. But it's interesting to hear he went to, I think he said he went to Grimsby and looked at it there. But then he said, uh, you know, geographically, Grimsby didn't work for me, which we can probably all relate to, I think. <laughs> but um, uh, And I think he said he'd spoken to Portsmouth and Plymouth. Or he said he spoke to Berry as well. He said, which was one of the most bizarre uh, conversations of his life, he said, talking to that crazy guy who owned Berry and sent them through the floor. Um, so, yeah. Interesting, yeah. interesting listen. If anyone wants to download it, yeah, it's it's entitled "Hear What You Could." Here's what you could have won, Yobel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a bit of a begrudgingly missed opportunity, that isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Still, to the future we go. Yeah. Yes, yes. Despite what you're reading online, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the twenty third today. How many, how many times can it be tomorrow? I mean. It... <laughs> always tomorrow isn't it yeah. no, it is always tomorrow yeah you're right it is always tomorrow yeah. yes yeah. tomorrow 72 hours seems to be the favorite the, the, the favorite thing within the, next, 72. within the next two weeks yeah yeah <laughs> at uh, some point in the next 24 hours and seven days yeah, yeah. nobody knows listeners <laughs> some people uh, know but they're not telling us I yeah think. are they not going to tell johnny on facebook no. So that he can tell the world in a in a group. So, yeah, uh... Johnny. <laughs> Stop winding people up, Johnny. <laughs> Stop winding me up, Johnny. Yeah, you're getting all of us excited. <laughs> <laughs> Coatsy, you've chatted to a talkie supporter, haven't you? I did indeed. Yeah, Danny from the talkie talk. I was corrected, not talks. It's just uh, singular. Um, but yes, I did. I spoke to him about obviously our our double header coming up. Um, what's happened to them since last season when obviously they uh, they reached the uh, the playoff final, uh, and also obviously had to uh, have a chat with him about uh, the feelings with Sir Gary. Are we going to that one now? Yeah, but you also you didn't mention he who must not be named. So uh, well I didn't, done for that. No. <laughs> No, as, no, no, as per the rules. Yeah, as yeah. per the rules of the Glover's cast. So, I uh... subconsciously stuck by the rules. Got nothing to do with my appalling memory. It was uh, <laughs> with that, but yeah, amazing. I can forget a player of such talent. But uh, there we go. Right, right, let's go to that then. Okay, so this is Dave, and I am back with Danny from the Talky Talk podcast to talk about the upcoming Boxing Day fixture uh, down in Devon. So, Danny, first of all, welcome to the Glovers cast. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Well, I, I wanted to start by asking you about uh, about Boxing Day and Yeovil Town versus Torquay United, because there's something about it, isn't there? It's, it certainly seems to serve up some interesting games. Uh, I mean, I want to hark back to the uh, 2019 occasion. You'll probably want to think back to, uh, uh, to, to, to last year. Um, uh, they're, they're pretty, pretty exciting fixtures, aren't they? They are, yeah. Um, as you said, I mean, last year we had we had seven goals, six of us, six of them in our favour, and the, and the year before there was eight goals with six of them in your <laughs> favour. So, uh, yeah, certainly, um, cer- certainly one for the uh, for, for the neutral, certainly. But uh, yeah, I mean, last season I was down at Playmore. That game yeah. we were we were superb. I mean, we we was in a magnificent run of form. Um, there was there was no real stopping us. 
Uh, it wasn't until we kind of came to your place uh, start of January. We, we lost our last minute goal, and we seemed to uh, seem to to have hit a bit of a brick wall. Then we didn't. I didn't think we won again uh, for a couple of games after that. But yeah, certainly going back to the Boxing Day game, we were we were on fire. I mean, um, uh, yeah, all, all around the pitch, we were just we were first to everything. We uh, we were hungry for it, and. I think there was a restricted crowd in there as well. So obviously yeah. there were fans there for that one, weren't there? Yeah, because that was uh yeah, one of the games where fans had started to come back, wasn't it? That's that's right, yeah. Yeah, I think they started them started coming back at the start of uh December. So we had some for the Dagenham game earlier in that month. Um obviously there was no no uh Yeovil fans there, which probably helped the uh help the yeah. Torpede players a bit. But um yeah. yeah, I think we took an early lead uh, on Armani little free kick, and then yeah. we never really looked back. Um, yeah. I think you got a, a goal to make it 4-1 early in the second half but we just kind of we ploughed on and, and like I say we were really in uh, in, in top form Absolutely uh, yeah I, I mean if we, uh, it's, it's such a difference isn't it in 12 months from because if I remember rightly that game at, uh, at Yeovil from, from 2019 there were calls for Gary Johnson's head after that game and uh, and all sorts and I know you know when you lose six uh, but I mean, you can see six to anybody um, you know fans aren't going to be happy and I remember our fans weren't happy uh, with Darren Saal after that one I personally said before the game that followed that I said he's got two games left to save his job now <laughs> obviously he, he he won one of them against uh, against Torquay at, at our place but I mean it was such a such a turnaround I mean what was it about last season because you were absolutely flying weren't you it was it just everything was clicking into place yeah I mean going back to that 2019 fixture uh, when we lost uh, 6-2 to you I think that was our sixth or seventh loss on the spin uh-huh. and there were you know there were calls for for Gary's Gary's head yeah. um, there will be at any club really when you lose that amount of games um, last season yeah like I say we we had pace we had uh, we had players who can finish we had that midfield creativity we had a solid back line uh, it was just one of those seasons it's probably one in a one in a 20 years kind of thing I don't think we'll we'll see quite a don't say that to yourself. <laughs> well, the way the way this season's going, yeah, the way this season's going. I, I can't see it ever being repeated for some time yet. But but no, certainly last season we we just um, the whole makeup of the side was was really well balanced. We had um, for the main part in the main Whitfield on the wings that were supplying Danny Wright, who was getting loads of goals. We had Hall Little in the midfield. They were uh, you know producing the goods, and it was. It was, I mean, it was just a shame that uh, the fans weren't there for the majority of it to, uh, to kind of witness such great football. Yeah, well, I mean, when when I look back at that team uh, and and just, you know even look back at the goal scorers, I mean, it's, it is the problem that quite a number of these have uh, have, have left that. Well, I say quite a number. Um, mm. Carl Cameron scored that day. Ben Whitfield, we 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 had Ben Whitfield on loan uh, at over years ago. I remember him being a very good player. Um, is it Namain, the other yeah. striker, the quick lad? Um, who was up front with, with with Danny Wright. I mean, a lot of those have, have left. I mean, has that been the problem between last season and now? It has, yeah. That's that's a fundamental um, issue this season. We've lost, like like you said there, Cameron, uh, Whitfield, Namain, Coverland in goal as well, our goal scoring right, hero in yeah. that playoff final. Yeah. And we just we just haven't recruited at all well over the summer, unfortunately. Um whether or not there was there was a hangover from the playoff final defeat, because obviously that game wasn't until late June. Mm. Uh season turnaround, you know, we're starting in start of August. And it's almost like we uh 
yeah, you know, not to be disrespectful to the lads we did sign, but almost left with the, the scrap heap. But I mean, a couple of them have been decent. They've shown they've shown glimpses. Um, but in the main, we haven't replaced the quality that's left. I mean, I know Torquay fans aren't going to probably thank me for saying how, but, you know, Carl Cameron was a good defender. He was solid for a National League team. Ben Whitfield on the wing, he was class. The main, he was injured for the last few months of the season, but um, I really enjoyed watching him. And, and Coverland, I mean, goalkeeping is not really an issue for us. I think we've got a good keeper in, in Sean McDonald. But it's um, when you lose such a... Uh, you, you know the spine of your team. Going to say that is the spine, isn't it? All the way through from the back right it way is. to the to the strikers. It is, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, I mean, we got some aging players as well. Uh, Asa Hall, Dean Moxie, Danny Wright. They're all they're all a year older now. Last season, all three of them were, were superb. But um, as you know, you know they're getting into their to late thirties now, and uh, yeah, takes a toll. Yeah, well, I mean, that's probably, I mean, when, when you look at the form you're, you're coming in um, to this game with, uh, I know um, that you tr- went out of the trophy uh, last weekend, but before that, you, you beat Stockport at your place, didn't you? Which is, you know, no mean feat there. I know they're not, you know, maybe running away with it like some people thought, but they're a, they're a good side. I mean, was that just a, a freak result or, or was did that show what qualities you do have? It's shown um, we can battle and we can kind of uh, mix it with the with the big team, big hitters in this division. Yeah. We were, you know, that's the best I've seen us probably play this season. We were holding on a bit the last half hour, as you expect to be, uh, against a team with stopboard quality. But in all fairness, we were, you know, we were good value for our three points. We dug in. We had to show the, uh, the not-so-glamorous side of, of football in, in the second half. But um, but yeah, it, it was just yeah. Well, it, on, on another day, I think Stockport. I think they hit the bar twice. Right. So on another day, they probably could have had up four or five goals themselves. But I think they come to play more uh, top of the form table. So it just goes to show that uh, you know form form sometimes does lie, which I'm hoping will happen on uh, on Boxing Day from our point of view. But yeah, pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty good as well. I mean we. Um, beat your local rivals, Weymouth down at their place. Yeah, well, everyone beats them, don't they? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's nothing. That was nice to uh, to end a, a free free game losing a streak. But uh, again, it's one of those games where we could have uh, hit six or seven. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I mean, looking at the uh, the team you've got, there's obviously, like you say, some familiar faces that that will know. Um, Asa Hall, you mentioned there, Armani Little, uh, Dean Moxie, people that will know. I mean, who are perhaps some of the 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 others? I mean, Lemon A. Evans, he was on the bench for this for that Stockport game, or came off the bench. Uh, he had an injury or something, or yeah, he's he's been in and out of the team recently. Um, as you know, with Johnson, he likes to keep his cards close to his chest with regards yeah. to injury. I know he, he had a, a little one back in November. Um, I know he had a couple of games out for that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been a bit in and out of the team at the moment. Um, uh, but, but I mean, in terms of who to look out for, you, you've already met the obvious one at the moment is Armani Little. Yeah. So he's, he's been, he's, he's, he's a bit of an enigma with the Torquay fans. He's a uh, very marmot. I don't know why he's, for this level, he's a class player, top goal scorer, uh, top assist, assister, and and he's just um, he's just making everything tick at the moment at Torquay, and without him, we'd be in a in a, a lot worse place. Right. Um, other than that, we've got um, 
uh, young lad, Sinclair Armstrong up front. We've had him on loan from QPR. We've had him for uh, about two months now. He's a big, strong, um, a big, strong kind of Lukaku kind of type player. Okay. Um, so he's one we're kind of, uh, Danny Wright's been out injured for the last couple of months. So we've been relying quite a lot on Sinclair Armstrong up front. So uh, be interested to see how he does on Boxing Day. Yeah, and Danny Rice, obviously a player that's uh, uh, gone gone to a few places with Gary Johnson, isn't he? And uh, you know, obviously a great, you know, good player at this level, um, as you mentioned there before. You know, probably getting into the latter stages of his, his, his career now. Is he? Uh, is he back now? I noticed he came off the bench against Stockport. Is he? Is he coming back from injury or? Yeah, so he was out for two months. He played the last fifteen at Stockport um, and played a full ninety in the trophy at Tunbridge. Okay. Um, scored in that game as well. So mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if he didn't start on on Sunday. To be honest, I think um, you know he, he's such a he, you know I think he's 36, 37 now. But he's even when he came on against Stockport, just his hold up play, yeah. he just seemed to breed a bit of confidence when you know Torquay were kind of needed that extra extra gear to get him over the line. So I, I would be surprised if he didn't start up front with uh, with Armstrong on Sunday. Okay, right. We'll see. And I guess you got to finish by asking you something about Gary Johnson. I mean, he's still a, an absolute legend down at uh, down at Yeovil, and I, you know, always gets a, a good reception um, from 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 the Yeovil fans. I mean, how are people taking to him in this this difficult run you're having? He obviously did a great job for you last year, but is he is he under pressure at the moment? Um, yes and no. I think. I think there's about, a, I'd probably say a 70-30 split with right. uh, 70, 70% of uh, Torquay fans wanting to keep him. Mm. Um, I'm certainly in that camp, to be honest. I, I don't think there's any need to, uh, any knee-jerk reactions to, to replace him. Um, he's, you know, his, his record and his experience speaks for himself at the moment. He, wherever he's gone in his career, whether it be Yeovil, Cheltenham, um, City, he, he's, he's always had these kind of, these blips. But he, he recovers and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, he's got Aaron Downs there assisting him, another former player of ours. And, yeah, I mean, if if we, if we have a good festive period, if we if we beat you guys on the uh, box there and easily and all of a sudden the table looks a lot rosier and, uh, and we're kind of looking upwards instead of uh, over our shoulders at a relegation place. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you say, there can't be many managers in the uh, uh, certainly at this level that you you pick over Gary Johnson just for his experience and uh, you know even though he you know left you over when having you know been, been relegated, he, yeah, he got us into the football league first time round and then got us into the champion next time championship next time round. So uh, you know you, you can't think more highly. I don't, I can't think more highly of a manager. So um, oh, it's good to hear that you're. Um, you're sticking with him, but uh, obviously you'd expect me to say that I'm hoping the bad run's going to uh, <laughs> get a continue on Boxing Day and into New Year. But then uh, I can wish you all the best after that. Yeah, yeah, same with you guys. Yes, it's always uh, always enjoy our, our, our games with Yeovil. Had a couple of uh, classics over the years, haven't we? We have indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I, I probably show my age now, but I can remember going back down there in the oh, what was it, the ninth early 90s it was in the in the FA Cup when we were a non-league team and, and you were a league team and we, we put you out of the FA Cup there but uh, yeah it's a, it's a it's a lovely I love uh, playing more as a ground it's uh, yeah it's a, a proper 
a proper football ground, isn't it? Not one of these um, uh, soulless bowls that you yeah. see for football ground these days. So yeah, they always in, always enjoy going there. Brilliant. Well, Danny, really appreciate you giving your time here. Um, obviously, I would wish you best of luck on Boxing Day, but I wouldn't mean it, so I won't do that. <laughs> um, but I wish you a very uh, a very merry Christmas anyway. And uh, yeah, we'll see you Sunday. It's for that, Dave. Uh, talky talker, not talkser. Correct. Yeah. That's how I feel when A.D. Hopper refers to the Glover cast. <laughs> There's an S in there, ladies and gentlemen. Respect the S. Um, let's have a little look forward to Boxing Day. <laughs> At time of recording, everything is going ahead as planned, he says tentatively. Um, away at Torquay, lads. What do, what do we what do we think? Because the last two Boxing Days against Torquay have been very, 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 very different. A 6-2 and a 6-1 in completely the opposite directions from one another. Um, how do we see this one going? We're in great nick. There's no other way of putting it. We're in great nick, but Torquay are in pretty decent nick at home themselves. I think this could be a genuine Christmas cracker. <laughs> you had to get that in there, didn't you? Yeah. Can you? Can you tell I've got my work brain on because I'm recording this at work? I've got yeah, the how many times have out. you? How many times have you used Christmas cracker this week? Oh, far too many. Yeah, <laughs> far too many. Yeah, I think you know. I think it's going to be another game that is very different from all the ones before. Again, um, I don't think I can't see us scoring six this time, and I can't see them scoring six against us either. So. I wonder whether we're in, whether we'll have a bit of a, more of a low scoring affair. I suppose it depends who eats the most roast dinner on Christmas Day. I will say this, Torquay have scored exactly two goals on each of their last five home outings across all competitions. Mm. Exactly two. So they're not afraid of shooting. I mean, game before that, they put five past Wheelston. So they've got goals in them. And I think we will be tested defensively. Um but it's whether or not we can go about our game plan of, of getting it sides early. Like, can, we, can we get at them early? Can we get at Torquay early, get a goal and then have something to hold on to? Um, Stockport took the lead against them when they last played at home. Halifax beat them at their place, but got at them early, scored before the first half. Dover even scored against them. Uh, again, took the lead fourth minute. I, I get the feeling Torquay is susceptible early doors. And if that's our strength, I think that's the way we have to go. Go at them hard for the first 15, 20 minutes. Try and go one up, try and get onto it. And then not necessarily defend the defend the, the life out of it. But I think we need to, I think we do need a quick start. Yeah, bring uh, Charlie Wakefield was out for the Woking game, mm. wasn't he, with um, with an injury? So yeah, you could see put him back in. Jordan Barnett obviously came on in that um that that game in a um a more forward position as well. You could think putting some of them in from the uh, from the off. Tom Knowles obviously, you know, scored with a header no less. So um yeah, you could see putting them in and just tell them, yeah, tear into a early doors if the uh, yeah, if the tor- if the turkey will allow it. The <laughs> turkey I... will allow it. Yeah. <laughs> Can I throw a, a controversial shout out there? Please do. Uh maybe we start with Ruben Reed and bring on Addy. Oh. Oh, go on there. Just, oh, yeah. you know. Why? Why? Give, why? Well, it, worked la- it worked last week. It did, yeah. But do you not think we could have done with Addy from the start to maybe ruffle a few feathers early doors? 
and be that battering ram. Do you think Rubin softened them up for him? <laughs> I just think, you know, as, as you know, he was really effective coming on. Uh-huh. Um, he might be as effective, you know, at the start as well, but as a, you know, as a way of building up fitness for players and also getting results, it worked last week. Uh, maybe it's another, you know, even if it's the first half, you know, first half for Ruben or I don't know. He feels like a, a weapon to bring on that just changes it up a little bit. Um, at the same time, you know, when we played Stevenage, we started with Addy and brought Ruben Reed on to see the game out. I think it sort of depends what how the manager sees the game going. If he thinks Torquay are there for an early doors, you know, a couple of goals, early doors, and then see it out. Or yeah. if he sees it the other way and wants to catch him at the end. I mean, it's nice to have that option. Even even Tombridge Angels, who put them out of the FA Trophy as a bit of an upset. Ninth minute opener. They seem to get rattled early doors. For me, I think you've got to start with Addy and rattle yeah. a few feathers and 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 try and, yeah, have a bit of a, a bombardment of early pressure. And I think Addy provides that a little bit more than Ruben does at the moment. And maybe we go 1-0 up maybe 2-1 two, two, up and then Ruben does come on to do the hold-up job and bring in bring in players and maybe if we are defending for five, ten minutes at a time, the ball goes clear and he's the person that can bring it under and, and do that holding up role as the best back-to-goal striker outside of League One. So, yeah, I think um, I think that's the way I'd prefer to go it, go with it. Nothing against Ruben Reed. I just don't think that, I don't think our game and the way we can potentially win this game will suit Ruben Reed, especially if he is missing just a smidgen of fitness still. And he's ex-Exeter, isn't he? So you could bring him on for right the for the last twenty minutes. He can score two, and he can give the uh, the Torquay home end the years, can't he? And he's ex ex Plymouth as well. Oh, ex Plymouth, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> think he's played for uh, Torquay, is he? So yeah. I have a I have a concern about this game. Well, I don't have a concern about this game. I have a concern about the Weymouth game in between. Mm-hmm. We have three players on four yellow cards. If we have a situation where Dan Moss, Josh Staunton and Tom Knowles all get booked, we're going to lose all three of them for Weymouth at once. And that, for me, is a real concern in this congested fixture schedule. So if they're listening, and we know they're all listening, can you take it easy or just, like, get booked one at a time? (laughs) Don't, don't, like, all three at once would be a bad idea. If there's a melee and, you know, one of them's in that melee, the other two, you have to stay away. Yeah. Who, do, who do we want to lose the least out of those three? Well, I mean, well, you you two can answer that one because I'm not answering it because you already know my answer. Mm. I'd say Dan Moss, I'd say, I'd say Dan Moss as well. Yeah. I think after the way Josh Daunton has changed games, he came yeah. on again and marshaled it in two or three different places. I think, I think we're a different side without him. I really do. And we've not seen much evidence of playing without him this season, but I think we're a completely different team without Josh Daunton and... For me, whichever game we lose Josh Staunton in, we've got to be almost tactical about it. I'd say this, Josh Staunton can get booked first and miss the Weymouth game because I want him back for the Torquay game afterwards. I think Josh Staunton, we've got people that can cover him, can't we? Um, Dan Moss, I'm not sure we do. Well, Mark Little, but he's not going to be back and firing by that point, is he? So No, but we've got, we've got Alex Bradley who would do it for a game. We've got um, the new left-back could do it and play Jordan Barnett on one side and and you know we've got we've got players that could do a right back job for a game I just think we have to be almost a bit tactical about how how we go about losing Josh Dalton. 
<laughs> Let's just not lose him. Yeah. yeah. Or don't get booked. <laughs> yeah. Don't get booked until we play 23 games and then you can get six for all I care. Okay. There you go, Josh. That's, that's the solution. When's the 23rd game? It won't be away yet, won't it? Yeah, how many yet. how many games are we on now? Uh, ba, 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 talk amongst yourselves. One, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> ninety-two. We have played. We've played eighteen. Eighteen. He's, okay. on, a, he's so, on a five-game tightrope. Five-game tightrope. There he is. Just imagining Josh Staunton now balancing along this five-year five-game tightrope. It's the worst kind of tightrope. Right. Should we talk? Should we take the listeners' questions? We have quite can a few coming this can, morning. Can I or... get can I get some score predictions, please? After oh, two yes, after two can. sixes, six two and six one. Either way, I think we should nail some colours to the maths here. Score predictions, please. Three two, one. Oh well, that's that's the bang. What? <laughs> take it in turns, Dave. You're Dave. You're, you're on the top of my screen on the Zoom, so you can go first. Two nil Yeovil. Two nil Yeovil. Three yeah. one Yeovil. Three one Yeovil. We're conceding. No chance. Um, I'm going for. 2-0, very, very early goal and very, very late goal. We'll catch him on the break. So we're going to score in the third minute and then we're going to catch him on the break late doors as well. So 88th minute. That's what we did at their place in 2019, wasn't it? An early, was it an early goal from Duffus and then a late goal from Murphy? Or... Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I seem to remember, yeah. Well, there you go. It, it won't be those two players, but that's <laughs> well, the no. same situation. <laughs> no. There you go. But will there be the scenes... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and the limbs. <laughs> now I sound like my dad. Don't I? <laughs> Who knows? Let's hope there is. Yeah, let's hope so. Right, right questions. questions. Are we ready? Okay. Uh, Chris Angelo of Green and White Goals. Is the Bournemouth game going to end up being played behind closed doors? This one, Morris oh. Johnson impression. We hope not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really hope not. It's a big. Huge fixture for the club, and let's hope the uh, science or whatever the hell they're leaning on uh, <laughs> suggests that they don't need to do anything. But I've, it's funny how we've gone from saving Christmas to saving New Year to <laughs> saving Yeovil Town versus Bournemouth in the FA Cup third round. Yeah, I'm waiting for Professor Chris Whitty to mention that in his, uh, <laughs> his if you, yeah, If you are going to football, please... Just go to Yeovil Town. Um, Dan Johnson, what is the best and worst YTFC-related gift you had either seen or received? No, I always really dislike calendars that are almost instantly out of date when someone leaves in January. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Yeah. Awful. You nothing worse than flicking over to August and going, oh, Reese Murphy. Yeah, gone. Well, by the time you get to June, all of the players are out of contract and gone on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it Miles Hippolyte was December one year and he'd long gone? Yeah. Useless. Um, that's rubbish. And I did see on eBay the other day, you know how people cut shirts up and make bucket hats out of them? <laughs> no. I saw, right. So people <laughs> cut football shirts up and make bucket hats, like customized bucket hats. And someone had taken apart that god awful. A overachieved by unity triple star oh, badge thing out of a bucket hat and wanted 24 quid for the privilege Blimey. ain't getting that 24 quid it now sits soon. proudly on ben's yeovil town shelf absolutely <laughs> does not how? negative how, how can i cancel a delivery to ben's house <laughs> <laughs> i thought 24 quid was a bargain yeah um i can't think i mean i love a scarf a scarf's always good 
mugs are always good. I think there's a few things on. Uh, we're not being paid for this, but there's a few things on the te the terrace, which would make uh, good gifts. Um, they really like, should. Bit, they really should sponsor us sooner yeah. or later. They've it's got a bit late. Them. It's a bit late now to order them in time for Christmas, but um, maybe not for my birthday though. In a couple of weeks, just okay. saying. <laughs> I I did see uh, an Ali Slow shirt on social yeah. media this morning. That would probably be a pretty rubbish YTFC related gift. <laughs> yeah, don't tell, don't tell Ian what he's getting as well. Then, sure. We... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got given a ticket for a uh, for a Boxing Day game. I think, I think it was the one that we spoke about the other week at Bournemouth, where we lost four 0 So that turned out to be fairly rubbish, although it seemed like a good idea at the time. But <laughs> yeah, so that probably be the one I think of. Another question from Debs Curtis. What is the Glover's Cast trio? Uh, what are the She's Glover's written cast? Glover Cast. <gasps> Let's oh, Glover Cast no. her out. Mm. <laughs> In the what words of asked... Ben Barrett, respect the S. <laughs> what have we asked for for Christmas? Um, uh, if you so... buy a copy of the Western Gazette, you oh. can read what we've asked for Christmas, can't you? Or read the website tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, it'll be on the website on Friday morning as well. Yeah, do we tell um, them anyway? Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh yeah. So I've I've asked uh, Father Christmas for more of the same, please, because we're on such a terrific run. Um, yeah, just carry on, please, Santa. More like that kind of form. And Ben, what have you asked for Santa Claus for in your Western Gazette column? Um, I've asked for lots and lots of new contracts, please, for all of the people. Because I want to see this team stick together for not just six months, but for the next 18 and I'm struggling to add quickly, 30 months. <laughs> I asked for uh, another 1,400 word statement from uh, <laughs> from whoever the owner of our football club is um, or, or just anything that's based on fact, really. A takeover of some kind, somebody who is uh, who has got a long-term vision, which isn't, uh, you know, Building houses all over the car park would be uh, would be my choice. You want a picture of somebody in the middle of the pitch with a scarf and a football. Yeah. A wad of cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just throwing it up <laughs> in the air. Yeah, I think laughing all... maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all want that. Yeah. Uh has Ben put all his pocket money on someone to score a hat trick against the Seagull Shaggers? If not, this... why not? Um, I haven't. No. Um, how much pocket money do you get these days? I have no idea. I have to ask the wife each and every week, and it depends how my chores have gone. Um, it, pocket it, money's it, low at Christmas, isn't it? As well? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it won't be. Uh, it won't be massive. Um, so yeah, um, I, I haven't yet. Actually, we, we we aren't scoring many, are we? So, I mean, we'll beat the seagull botherers. That's fine, but maybe not a hat trick. Maybe we'll score five with five different scorers. That'll do. I do have to say, Dan Johnson, as a resident of Weymouth, is quite brave to talk about seagull shagging. <laughs> I'm sure some of his neighbours, uh, you know, have a Partake. careful maybe, eye. Maybe, exactly, have a, a careful eye on the local avian talent. Yeah. Maybe he's an expert in the... Uh, uh, okay, Matt Crivelli. <laughs> move on, move on, move on. <laughs> Matt Crivelli's stirred it up big time uh, with this question. Who is the toffee penny of non-league football? And who is the big purple one? There's There's a... Reply from uh, Archie Morris saying, your question needs clarification. For me, oh, for example, wow. the Toffee Penny is a favourite. Dependable, rewarding, balanced, so not Yeovil. 
while the big purple one is style over substance, sickly, flashy, and overhyped. Our friends over the border, perhaps. Uh, Matt Crivelli's replied with, I've never met anyone who likes a toffee penny before. Um, I like a toffee penny. Yeah, yeah, I'm not against a toffee penny. And a to- uh, is, it, is the other one in Quality Street that a toffee finger, do they call that? The one that's in chocolate? That toffee finger or toffee bar? Do we need two toffee-based sweets in a in a tin of I would prefer the one. I would prefer the one with the chocolate on it over the one without the chocolate on it. And I think somebody mentioned before that the the toffees um, can pull your pull your fillings. Yeah, so I guess you know we could. Whoever's the toffee penny is one who's toothless up front, maybe. Hey. Oh, nice! Yeah. <laughs> that is nice. Who are the lowest scorers in the division? Quick. <laughs> Is that, yeah, is that us? No, can't no, be us. no, 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 no. It is our friends Dover. over at South End. Fifteen goals. Oh, there you go. Oh. Reese Murphy is the toffee penny. Then there you go. <laughs> Reese Murphy is the toffee penny. The purple one. I agree. A bit overhyped. I'm, I'm a bit. Meh. They're all all razzmatazz. They've got their own merch lines and stuff. They are definitely the Wrexham because they're not that yeah. good after all said and done. No, I'm I'm a fan of the red strawberry one. That's that's the nicest one for me. <laughs> That's the nicest one. I'm not having like, fruit and chocolate, I'm afraid. I like the, of course, the green of course, triangle. The green triangle green. Is, is Yeovil, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Of course it is. There you go. Uh, another food-based question from Tuppence. Will you be using vegetable in a cheese sauce as part of your Christmas Day meal? Maybe leeks in cheese sauce or cauliflower cheese? Uh, I'm hoping for a terrific serving of cauliflower cheese at the in-laws. I will, yeah, I will be doing a, I will be doing a cheesy leeks. Definitely. Coates' face here. He's not happy about this at all. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of a cheese, but leave a cheese to be a cheese. You know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be with cauliflowers or leeks. Just let cheese be cheese, will you? <laughs> cheesy leeks is fine. Cheesy leeks is really good. Yep. Love a good cheese. Leek. Lots of pepper. A question. Can I ask a question? Oh, Can I yeah. ask a question, though? And this is having lived in the north, and Ben, you might have experienced this as well. Why do northerners want pickled onions and gherkins as part of Christmas dinner? There's nothing wrong with a pickled onion. You have, it, it, Ian, you be the arbiter of this. Pickled <laughs> onions and garlic, gherkins, gherlics. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. My mother-in-law will insist on pickled onions and gherkins on the Christmas dinner table. And she's coming over ours this year as well. What? Like, as part of the meal? Yeah. Yeah. Goodness me. I mean, I'd get a pickled onion with, you know, cheese of an evening or something like that. But Well, yeah, you know, I can I can forgive you for that. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of chutney or something like that. On a cracker. I, I, I'll allow that, but not with your turkey and your potatoes and all of that. I'm okay with it. Of course you are. Of course you are, yeah. (laughs) Uh, That leads nicely into Clevo's question. What spam concoction does Ben have planned for Christmas to put off the listeners? Several. Several? Several. There is no harm in putting a bit of nice, crispy, smoky spam in with your brussels. There is no harm in taking your pigs in blanket and putting a little... uh, quilt of spam in between the sausage and the blanket quilt of spam. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing wrong with that there is nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that what Just... are you what are you cooking your ham in have you done that yet? i haven't i haven't i haven't yet that's going to be done i'm going to do that in between christmas and new year it's not set in stone yet I, i'm umming and ahhing about whether or not to do a citrus one a, a lilt or a sprite but i'm not sure it's going to work too well so i may just revert to type and do dr pepper that's been my favorite so far go and we've had a message from 
Foxy, Chris Fox in gloves, saying just a thank you to us for the past year. The pods have been great. Merry Christmas. And I think we agree. Merry Christmas to Mr. Fox and everyone who listens to the Glovers cast and sends us messages and comes on the quiz and contributes. Um, Ask ridiculous questions. <laughs> Tuppence, we're looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> Bulbs and cheese sauce and uh, yeah, all of that. Ben has got answers to all of these, though. I think he, he and I kind of stare each other across Zoom and think, what the hell's he on about? And Ben's like, well, let me say, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> Nothing if I'm not prepared to give the people what they want. No, absolutely. And yeah. the one thing people definitely want uh, at the end of a Friday episode of the Glover's Cast is. The quiz. The quiz. And here it is. Okay, so to end this festive Glovers cast, we have got a festive quiz. Well, I've kind of tried to put a bit of a festive spin on it anyway. And uh, back to defend his crown for... I think they will call this a two and a half time because he did beat a defending champion um, last time. It's uh, Mr. Craig McCann. Welcome back, Craig. Thank you very much. Good evening. And uh, joining him as a competitor uh, is Rich Wilcock-Smith. Hi, Rich. How you doing? Good evening, Dave. Yeah, all good. Evening, Craig. Evening. I know. Yes. So, uh, Rich, you, you got in touch with us a few weeks back on Twitter, didn't you, saying that you were a, a part Bournemouth, part Yeovil fan. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Yeah, excuse my sins. Um, So have you decided who you're supporting for the cup tie yet? 100%. Always Yeovil. Always is. It's family loyalties that where it is, where it stands. Um, Half a family of Yeovil supporters, half of them are Bournemouth. So I've got the stick already. So (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, you're a winner either way then, aren't you? Exactly. um... Yeah, yeah. Well, the three players I'm going to talk to you about, I don't think any of them play for Bournemouth, but they all play for Yeovil, obviously. So um, we will give this a go. So as ever, there is a, uh, a theme to the quiz. And the theme this week is Christmassy, the ghost of players past. So these are all Yeovil Town players who, having played for us, returned and scored against us, which is, we all know, Yeovil fans, that, that covers quite a lot, lot of players, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but uh, but there's, uh, there's a few in here, there's, uh, yeah, there's a few in here that I'll, 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 I think you, you should be able to get. So, are we both ready? Yep. Yep, I come. Right, Okay. I was born in Murphy Tidville in February 1982, and my footballing upbringing began not far away from my South Wales roots at Cardiff City. But my first professional club could not have been much further away as Newcastle United snapped me up as a 14-year-old in 1997. Kevin Gould Gould is the right answer. Yes, yes, Kevin Gould scored against us for Carlisle United in um, 2006-07 season. We did beat him that, that, that day. He didn't but, celebrate, though. Didn't celebrate. I remember he that. Did, he didn't celebrate, did he? No, no, that's right. I remember he was a, we had him on the podcast if, um, back in the summer and he was saying that he, was, uh, he had some rather strong feelings towards Steve Thompson, who I think was the manager who released him at the time. But, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right. So, Kevin Gould, you're right. So, 1-0 to Craig. 
Okay, <clears throat> I nearly read out the answer there. I've got it written at the top of the thing. That would have been a bad start. Right. I was born in Hereford in August 1986. And despite playing academies for Cheltenham, Birmingham and Aston Villa, it was with my hometown team that I started out. I made my debut as a 21-year-old with a single appearance in the 04-05 season. Um, but it was the following campaign that I burst onto the scene with 12 goals and 39 appearances on the way to winning the conference playoffs that year. That included the opener in a 3-2 playoff final win against Halifax Town and up in League Two. Andy Williams. A... Andy Williams is the right answer, yes. Scored against us for Swindon, I think I'm right, and possibly someone else. He um he played against us uh, for quite a few teams. Oh, that's right. Doncaster Rovers scored a Doncaster. hat-trick against us for Doncaster as well in August 9, uh, 2016. Okay, right. So going into the third and final one, it's one old. I was born in Manchester in September 1994 and joined Master City's academy, having been spotted playing in local football. My start could not have been much worse after picking up a cruciate ligament injury, which put me out for the 2012-13 season. But I bounced back and with 20 goals in 31 appearances for City's under-21s in the 13-14 season, earning me a two-year contract. Say again? Jordi Harula. Jordi Harula is the right oh, answer. Bag, yes, right? it was. Yeah, I just I was just about to get to the bit where he uh, he played for us and scored one goal, albeit it was a winner. But yeah, he, uh, he came back and he scored for... Uh, no, is it Walsall? Score for Walsall against us and um, um, at Hewish Park and beat us in 2015. So yes, Jordi Harula. That's uh, so that's two under Craig. So congratulations again. You go into the 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 uh, the festive period with a um, with a with a crown on your head. So job. yeah, congratulations. We'll have you back in the new year, Craig and no Rich. Thanks once again for, uh, uh, for for joining. And if there is anyone out there that wants to take Craig on, drop us a line on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere you can find us, and um, we'll see if we can find a, an adversary for you in the uh, in the new year. There's got to be someone out there that can beat this guy, bring I think. Yeah, bring them on. There you go. There's the challenge, folks. Right. Okay. Well, only serves to me to wish you two a very merry Christmas, and everybody else who's listening a very merry Christmas as well. And to you, merry yeah, Christmas. Happy all. Day. No worries. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Six minutes gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trotko.